0: Welcome to the Boss Level. My name is Enigma. I am a part-time Twitch streamer. I am a 15-year industry veteran, lifelong gamer, and game console collector. Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. Happy Monday to you. I am taping this podcast March 12th, the day before it posts. So it's a little later than usual, but, uh, you know, things happen. You know, uh, I meant to do it yesterday, but we had a busy day taking the dog to get groomed and and, uh, things like that, so... Not to mention today it's snowing. And then we had daylight savings. So, you know, here in the States we have two times a year where we set our clocks back and forward. They keep talking about eliminating it, but I don't know if it's ever really going to happen. It's just a talking point for our our moron politicians. But uh, we just lost an hour. We just set our clocks forward. So uh, I was laying in bed this morning. And I looked at the clock and it said it was 9:30, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's 9:30." And I thought, "No, it's 10:30 because you didn't set the clock last night." But that's that's okay. So, uh, got lots of rest. Feel really good about everything. I'm nice and rested because uh, I've been sleeping a little better. So that's that's excellent, excellent, excellent to, uh, for for me. And hopefully that'll tear into the week. Uh, you know, next week Monday, as you're probably listening to this, I'm probably doing payroll at work so uh that's definitely on my agenda for doing that and I, I certainly hope that uh i will get through the work week very uh, well without any incident And i certainly hope you are doing the same thing hope everything is going great for you so let's go ahead and get the plug stuff out of the way i am a part-time twitch streamer i put stream every friday and saturday night uh, last week i did stream tuesday and wednesday as well because i had the opportunity to i do take those opportunities when i get them but as of uh, right now, it's Friday and Saturday nights. Usually between nine to nine thirty Central Standard Time till midnight to twelve thirty. Last night I went a little longer than usual, just because of the uh, I had I had a couple of raids and I had I had a big audience for a little while. At least for me, I had up to ten people, which was nice. And uh, so I, I streamed a little longer. We're still playing Hogwarts Legacy right now with our Dark Wizard build. I did get the Cruciatus Curse last night, so ooh, I'm in mean, casting that like crazy. That's that's kind of a fun spell to use. Uh, I'm my Ravenclaw girl, I'm playing offline, I'm debating if I really want to uh, uh, take her into the dark arts. I, I don't want to, but I might do it anyway, because those curses are fun to use, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, uh, I will be streaming this Friday night coming up, and this Saturday night. Friday nights are my drinking streams, I do have, i pour myself a glass of bourbon, so I tend to be a little... More simple when it's all said and done, I guess. Is that the word that kids use these days? I'm a little inebriated later in the night, so it tends to be a little, little nuts for me. I hear I'm I'm much more honest. Not that I'm never honest, but I'm much more upfront honest when when I've had something to drink. So uh, I don't quite understand that, but that's what I've, I've heard from people who say when I, I drink a little too much, I tend to be pretty. Pretty odd. I'm still I'm still me. I'm still nice, but I, I'm just more forthcoming with certain truths. Uh, so that's what's going on there. Now uh, there is a little bit of an update here is, and that is that uh, I am, of course, a happy member of Team Dragonfire. I joined them last month. New team. Uh, we're a content creation team that gets together on. Uh, we have a Discord. And we get together on Twitch and Twitter and and uh, play games and and you know, talk about gaming and, and what things are to life for us. And very nice group of people. Very, very uh, happy to be there with them. And we do have hot sauces. If you check out kindrednations.com, we're partnered with them. I'm an affiliate of the Kindred Nations. Kindred Nations is spelled with a 3 instead of an E. You can find a whole selection of hot sauces there. In fact, uh, Team Dragonfire just got our own hot sauce called Dragonfire. And it's a honey garlic hot sauce. Uh, and I believe I have a bottle of it coming my way over the next week so hopefully I will get to try it and I can tell you what I think but the hot sauces I've had there are quite good and I certainly hope you'll give them a try if you want to do me a favor enter the coupon code ENIGMA with a Y the way I spell it uh, as you check out and you will get 10% off your order and do me a favor if you do do that take a picture of your hot sauce or what you're putting it on or something like that and, and you know tag me on social media tag me on Twitter and I will share that out and knowing Kindred Nations, they'll share it out too, so people will get more exposed to more people. So uh, certainly hope you'll do that. It does help support the channel and the podcast. So uh, you know, give, me a, give me a shout out if you, if you do that, and I will definitely give you one as well. So today I wanted to take our uh, little Wayback Machine. The last couple of weeks we've been doing more contemporary stuff with the Mario movie, and, and, and I'm still really excited for that. But something kind of happened this week, uh, this past week. And I really wanted to talk about this because it's one of my favorite games ever. And, um, gosh, I just can't say enough things about this. And, it, and it's on a console that is uh, exceedingly underappreciated, and it was on the Sega Saturn. Now, I've done an episode about the Sega Saturn, so I'm not going to go wee deep into the weeds here on the Sega Saturn console. Just to keep to listen to that podcast if you'd like to. Uh, I will tell you guys that... Um, if you want a blueprint on how not to launch a video game console, Sega Saturn has you covered. Every choice they made from the outset was the wrong choice. they, they you ever read one of those choose-your-own-adventure books? Uh, I, I had some of those when I was a kid where it would say, if you decide you want to go down the left hallway, turn to page 60. If you want to go down the left hallway, turn to page 80. And then you continue reading. And they were very innovative books. They were fun to read. Uh, I always liked reading them. Uh, Sega did that with the Saturn, and when, you know, they, they took the wrong path. They, <laughs> they, the choose-your-own-adventure did not go their way, uh, so to speak. Uh, that being said, that doesn't mean that the library is suple- uh, supremely underappreciated. Uh, there are some amazingly good games on the Saturn, and unfortunately, Sega has kind of, uh, you know, persona non grata the, the Saturn. That's, there's not a lot of re-releases of their stuff, especially not as, at least not out of Japan, uh, on that console, the Saturn had some minor success in Japan. In fact, they actually held their own with Sony for a long time until I believe it was Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest came out on the on the uh, PlayStation. And once that happened, so, you know, Saturn was was dead. Uh, of course, Saturn had a lot of anime games for it, and something that uh, happened a lot back back then was uh, you whenever there was a popular anime on, they would release a a game for it on on the consoles, and a lot of them that I played anyway were kind of, yeah, you know, they were just kind of there. There was always this big thing about games coming from Japan, and uh, this actually ties back into the game we're going to talk about today, where we only got something like less than half of the games that came out of Japan. Basically, before, let's just say before, very recently, I'll say PlayStation 2 uh, before PlayStation 2, most of our games came from Japan. Uh, Japan, when to make a long story short, when the video game crash happened here in the 80s, a lot of game uh, developers, of course, they, they closed up shop. There were no video games anywhere anymore. That happened only here in North America. Everywhere else, video games were still being played, still being developed, still being sold. Especially Japan. Japan was the place to go for video games and that's where all your classic publishers that you're thinking about right now that when you think of classic publishers you're thinking of konami and capcom and nintendo and squaresoft and and companies like that they're all japanese companies and um yes we only got less than half of what they got okay we only got the creme de la creme and a lot of the games we got were not anime based some of them we did uh, there were a couple that they had to kind of spit shine and remove a couple of things out of because they didn't want to have to pay the licensing fees to the anime companies that made the made the game. But for you know, Dragon Ball comes to mind immediately. There's a game on the NES that's obviously a Dragon Ball game, but because they didn't want to pay Akira Toriyama and Shojin Jump, it suddenly missed all of its Dragon Ball stuff, and it just <laughs> it was it, they just took it all out, and that's how that worked basically. Now that all being said we did end up with uh, some stuff that came out here that was pretty good. And, and basically, the Se- Sega w- was, was big into having a lot of anime games as well. Uh, most notably, the game we got over here that was a big lawsuit over, in fact, was a game called Magic Knight's Ray Earth. Magic Knight's Ray Earth. It was the last game released on the Sega Saturn. I do have that, uh, and it's made by the company, or published by the same company, that published the game we're going to talk about today, Working Designs. Working Designs is a company that I like to call, with all due respect to how it's going to sound, a bottom feeder. They are not... I don't mean that like they got trash and junk. That's not what they did. What Working Designs did was they sat on the sidelines and checked out all the stuff that was coming out. And they would... uh, Kind of cherry pick the stuff that wasn't coming out here, the best of the of the stuff that wasn't coming out here, for whatever reason. It didn't mean they were bad games. A lot of times they weren't bad games. They were excellent games, but because of the fact that they maybe uh, American developers and publishers thought they looked too Japanese, they were too anime. Maybe it's because they didn't think that uh, people here would get it, or or whatever. They would they released a whole ton of games over here that were. For lack of a better term, you know, they were bottom-fed game. They weren't games that weren't going to. They were not going to be released here for whatever reason. They were not going to be released here. And Working Designs was a company that would. They didn't make anything new. All they really did was they sat there and just said, "Hey, uh, we want. No one's going to release Lunar over here. So let's go ahead and take that. That's a great game. We can take Lunar. We can translate it, and we can we can make it into something that's our own. Uh, and it made it into a pretty big." you know, series over here for a JRPG. Uh, same, and the same thing happens with the, with a lot of the games that they released over here. You know, uh, they got their start on the um, TurboGrafx-16, I believe. Cosmic Fantasy, I believe, was one of the games they released over here. But they really uh, cut their teeth and made a name for themselves on the Sega CD. And uh, that's not something you're going to hear very often as people talk about how much they were uh, enamored with the Sega CD. But the Sega CD does have... It's uh, some really good games for it. And one of them just happened, four of them, four of the best games on the Sega CD were all published by Working Designs. Lunar, Lunar 2, uh, Vi, and uh, Popful Mail, which is exceedingly rare. Popful Mail, I've seen uh, my copies worth quite a bit, and that's kind of cool. But uh, again, uh, because of the platform that these games were on, we haven't seen a whole lot of representation of them outside of their original uh, releases is that Sega's not chopping at the bit to release a Sega CD collection over here or a Sega Saturn collection over here, and I wish they would because with the Saturn there are a slew of great games that no one's ever played. You have uh, Burning Rangers, you've got uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga, you've got Shining Force Three, you've got um, there's an Oasis game on there. And uh, Iron Storm is excellent. And and Albert Odyssey, excellent. Again, Working Designs. Magic Knights Ray Earth. Even if you've never watched Magic Knight Ray Earth, the anime, which is just passable in my opinion, uh, the game is quite fun. The game is quite good. So, uh, And again, a lot of these games published by Working Designs. Shining Wisdom, another pretty good game that was released on the set, Sega Saturn. Uh, now, Working Designs was really known for not just releasing really good games, but really showing love in the most respect possible to a game. They did not release do a cheap release of a game over here. When they released a game, it was it was an event. It was something they wanted you to know. Hey, we love this game. We really want you to love it too. So we're going to provide you with the ultra ultra packaging. Like, they had glossy manuals, full color instruction manuals. They even took the time in the manual to tell you all the things they improved in the game, which I thought, which is nothing that never happens anymore, but because of the way the market is. But you, there was a part in there where they had a page in the manual where they'd say, "Hey, uh, just so you know, we this we as much we love this game, but here are the changes we made, just so you know that for for performance sake, we removed this bug, we removed this bug, load times are now ten percent faster. All these things they would list." And usually they would apologize if it had been delayed because Working Designs also had the uh, distinction of being called Working Delays. They did; uh, they would say, hey, yeah, we're going to release a game in June, and then all of a sudden it's November and the game comes out. They were very well known for their delays. But Working Designs was a small publisher. They were a very small uh, developer and publisher, or publishers, but they actually were. They didn't have the same... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They didn't—they didn't have necessarily have the same uh, workforce behind them that you would see from a company like a, you know, like a Sony. You know, and, and in fact, there were games that uh, had come out that, uh, for instance, Grandia—the game Grandia—was made by a company called uh, Game Arts, Game Arts in Japan, and uh, because of Lunar, who also was developed by Lunar or uh, Game Arts. It was assumed that Working Designs would release Grandia over here, and when Sony picked it up for publishing for themselves, I remember Working Designs coming out and saying, "Look, Grandia deserves a bigger stage than w- what we can give it." So we're glad it's coming out here. We would have taken it if it wasn't taken, but Sony's going to do a great job with the game. They're going to bring the game out, and it's it's going to get the it's going to get the visibility that it, that the game deserves because it's that good. And uh, so I always liked seeing that. But uh, one of the, the, they, they would give you really premium stuff, and, and uh, in later years, before they closed, when they were on the PlayStation 1, their packages were legendary for what they would put in there, because you, you would go say, okay, here's Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, we're not going to give you the game, we're going to give you a soundtrack, we're going to give you uh, a cloth map, we're going to give you all a you know, soundtrack, all these special things they would they would give you. Uh, were really, really legendary, and uh, their packaging. If you can find their stuff you know, on eBay, a full copy of those Lunar games is. That I mean, I got them right over there. Are, it's worth a pretty penny. You know, it's worth more than the ninety bucks that they would they would sell the game for, and they did charge premium pricing for that. But the game we're going to talk about today was on the Sega Saturn, and it was developed by Sega of Japan, and it was released by Working Designs. It was a game that was not going to come out here if it wasn't for Working Designs. And it's called Dragon Force. And if I'm not mistaken, it came out here in November of 1996. And I say that it is a strategy game for people who hate strategy games. And I am pointing to myself as I say that because I am not the biggest RTS slash wartime simulator fan out there. I'm not. I know I'm not. And I will not pretend like that I am. I always enjoy what I play to begin with and then I get to a point in the game where either the they turn too much control over to me and I'm not a big fan of that or it's just not enough story to keep me interested. And so I will tend to uh, zone out and move on to greener pastures. That's what I've been known to do. But Dragon Force is not that kind of game. Dragon Force is a game that uh, is very simplistic in its design. It's a, uh, basically, if I were being honest, because I'm always honest with you guys, it's a, uh, glorified paper, rock, scissors simulator, kind of what it is, is that you have eight kingdoms, you can play as six from the beginning, each one has their own specialty troop type. Uh, for instance, you have, uh, Pale Moon, the, uh, the archers and Pale Moon, because they are elves, and, uh, Izumo, over in the west, they are, uh, a samurai nation, so they have samurai, and every uh, troop type has their strengths and their weaknesses, and every character has their own storyline, which is uh, quite cool. You can play through the game eight different times and get eight different perspectives on the same story, which is actually uh, again, it's it's adds replayability. It's very cool. Uh, you choose your your nation to begin with and your leader every leader of course uh you know it's all anime looking so they all look uh very anime-ish but you pick your country and uh you play through the storyline and and every country like i said has a different try a different way of taking over the world that's what the whole point of the game is and uh, legendra i think the legendra is the name of the of the uh the world that you are in i almost kind of fluffed that but uh you you choose your, your your company your country and then you play like I said you play through the storyline and every every story is a little different. Some stories you don't have to uh, uh, fight certain nations. For instance, if you choose Pale Moon, Pale Moon, uh, uh, their ruler and the ruler of uh, of the Highland Kingdom are their friends, their childhood friends. So he once you get to a certain part with her, he shows up and says, "Hey, uh, I know what's going on." Here, uh, I need your help. I need you to take over my kingdom and, and uh, take care of my people while I am away taking care of this. So you don't have to fight, Highland. You just automatically gain their, their troops and their loyalists, which uh, that's another thing, is every ruler has a small selection of generals that are loyalists. Basically, they are unwavering in their loyalty to the ruler of that nation. And uh, they also specialize in the same troop type usually. Of the uh, the person who is in charge. So for Pale Moon, her her loyalist generals, for the most part, like her, specialize in archers. There's one or two I think that have uh, soldiers or something to that effect, but uh, that's their specialty troop type. Is uh, Pale Moon is, is troop type for uh, for archers. So uh, once you you do that, you set out and your your goal is to take over the world, take over every country. And and you start in your country and, and uh, move into other other nations, and like I said, the the roadmap to destroy to, to taking over the world for every nation is completely different. The best nation in the entire game, in my opinion, to start with, is uh, geez, I can't remember the name. Tristan, Tristan, the Tristan Empire up there, because they have the best troop type to begin with, harpies. Harpies are very, very strong against everything except mages and archers. And just guess which nation happens to border Tristan? It's Pale Moon. And what's their specialty type? Archers. So getting started for them is is it's while once you take over Pale Moon, the rest of it's a breeze because arch because uh, harpies just whip through everything. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it's very cool to to take different things the the the, uh, topaz i think is it topaz that's the one that's in the direct center i'm looking at a map here to make sure i'm because i don't remember everything i really don't topaz is the nation in the center correct very near center of the map is topaz and monk are their specialty type you're in the very center of the the map everybody is attacking you at the same time everybody so what i do when i play through is uh topaz's ruler i just abandon topaz and we go up north (laughs) Take over Tristram first, then come down to Pale Moon and go and whip around. Because there's just no way you're going to be able to hold everybody off uh, at the at the at the same time. You know, at the same time. Uh, you you like I said, you do have your uh, your loyalist generals, and then you will actually recruit other generals. They're more of a vagabond though that uh, you you'll recruit them from from castles at the end of the week or when you take over if you you know whip through a uh, a country. Or a castle, I should say, and you capture their the enemy generals. There, you can actually recruit them from your jail. You can say, "Hey, you know what? No harm, no foul. You wanna, you wanna come hang out with us for a little while? It's uh, we'll we'll treat you better." And some of them will say yes, and some of them will would rather stay in jail for a little while. And just you just, uh, you just uh, keep trying, and eventually, <laughs> sometimes they will, and sometimes they won't. Uh, loyalist generals usually cannot be recruited however so if you are taking over if you're pale moon again i'm using pale moon and you take over tristan tristan's loyalist generals will not join you more times than not until you get their ruler to join and once the ruler joins then the loyalist generals will come and and join you as well and then therefore you double your you know your generals basically you'll have all these loyalist generals now and then you'll also have that ruler on your side as well so as you continue to whip through you know countries you'll find that you'll you gain access to to these these rulers and these loyalist generals and then the game becomes a heck of a lot easier you'll have a lot more uh you know um, capital to work with um Every nation, like I, I said, is different. Some nations don't have to fight other nations when you use them. I, I did say there's six nations you can choose from, and there's two that uh, you have to wait until the end, you've beaten the game to unlock those, and that's uh, the Mage Nation in the middle of the map, lower middle of the map, and then the enemy nation. The reason why everybody's at war: Gold arc. His nation, uh, he, you get to see the, the war through his eyes of the guy who's the bad guy of the game, supposedly. So um, as we look at the troop types, let's I, I did say it was like paper, rock, scissors, and that's because every troop type has strengths and weaknesses. If you look at soldiers, soldiers are very basic soldiers. They don't really have a whole lot of strengths. They're good against decent, I should say, against most troop types. But they're not great against anything. And they do have their weaknesses. They are weak against, uh, for instance, cavalry. They're weak against dragons and zombies. And they're weak against all, all sorts of, of uh, things. And the same thing can be said about beastmen. Beastmen are the same way. But beastmen are very good against cavalry. Uh, samurai are very much the same way. But samurai have a very hidden power. And that's that they are the only troop type that can actually take down dragons. Which is the strongest troop type in the game. Dragons. So... Uh, you you really have to uh, look at your, who you have invading, what troop types you have versus who you're fighting. And that comes down to, for instance, let's, I, I, let's, let's, uh, I, Pale Moon was the first country that I used, tierras the Elves. That is probably the hardest one to start with because archers, unless you're fighting harpies, are kind of terrible and are not great against a whole lot of troop types. However, Oh, and that being said, she has one of the hardest starts to begin with because the, there's a little storyline piece when you first start to get through a, a enemy castle and there's some really unique generals that you get on your side once you take over a castle. Tiaris is, is very, very difficult to start with. Once you get through that, though, once you get through the first part, Tiaris has access to a castle called Crystal Castle early on. Once you get through that, she gets crystal castle. Crystal castles where you find dragons, troop types, dragon troop types. So while Tieris is very difficult to start with, the Pale Moon is very difficult to start with. Once you get dragons, you can whip through just about every other country except Izumo because of the samurais. So what I traditionally do is I will get uh, replace archers immediately with dragons, go up and take over Tristram. I will not give Tristram dragons. I will keep harpies on them, then take the harpies down and take over Izumo as I whip around the rest of the world. And then once I get Izumo uh, taken care of in the samurai, I'll give everybody dragons again. Uh, you have a week. Everything's done on a weekly basis in this game where you, you'll you start and then once your turn is over, you go to like a session where your ruler has an audience with your generals and you get to find out what's going on you know how look all the, this the we take over these castles these generals performed exceptionally well and you know we we should really look at rewarding them or you know what, whatever is what it is and this is where you actually get to give awards to your uh, to your uh, your generals and your loyalist generals usually will stick by you there's one or two uh, I think Scar and Tristam is one of the ones that if he feels unappreciated, he, he leaves. But uh, just about everybody else that's loyalist, you don't have to reward for, uh, for a good performance. But you kind of want to anyway because you're going to use them more than you, you would other characters so you want to uh but your vagabonds the ones that you've hired the ones that you've freed from prison things like that if you do not reward them for a job well done they could leave they could leave your service and join the enemy so you want to make sure that if you, you go through your when they're telling you who performed well take note of who performed well and make sure you reward them with an award and an award that you get for, I think, every victory you get an award or something to that, to that effect. You want to make sure you, as they get awards, they can tr- command more troops, up to 100 troop types. So, uh, you, up to 100 troops of, of any type, I should say. So, if you have a guy that has 30 soldiers, you give him an award, he can now command 40 soldiers. And then next week you use him again and he wins you want to give him 50 soldiers and 60 soldiers up to 100 so uh, the, as they become more trusted you give them more more uh, more troops to command they be, they stay loyal to you it's basically how that works uh, it's incredibly simple once you know, realize how it works how the game uh, works and it's insanely addictive I, I can't tell you how many times I've been playing that game. Where i'll sit there and go okay well at the end of this week i will go ahead and uh and, and be done you know I'll, I'll save the game and and come back later and then i'll go but i've almost taken over this castle i look at that they're down to their last two generals i can do this let's go ahead and see if we can finish let's finish this up and then you go go okay i'll finish this up and then you wait another week in the game and then you realize gosh i I really I'm almost done with this kingdom let's see if I can beat these beast men down and take over their let's, let's do that and, and you just continually do that and uh, it's addictive and it's crazy how much you will play the game trying to just find a place to stop it's that good and uh, of course once you complete and, and take over all, the entire world then the actual story takes place who's pulling the strings behind the scenes what's actually going on? And uh, then you'll actually have to, you know, go even further. There's some plot twists I won't get into here because you really want to uh, do it for yourself. Um, Unfortunately, as I as I record this on March twelfth, twenty twenty three, there is no way to play it outside of emulation and on the original Sega Saturn hardware. And it is one of the rarest, rarer, rarest, rarer games on the Saturn. I was looking on eBay, and it's worth. Couple hundred bucks and that's about right for working designs games. I you know, I'm not Blowing smoke here usually a working designs game if working designs did the game You could automatically assume it's going to be triple at least triple digits for, for it because of the fact that everything about the game was was taken care of and 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 polished and Nearly perfect quite honestly now that being said Working designs was one of the first publishers in my memory that did what I like to call, what we hear all the time now, is localization. Localization is not a translation. Translation is you just take what's there, you translate it over, and uh, you, you see what it is, and, and, and you read it as it's, as it was intended originally in the Japanese language. If you look at a lot of games that had come out over here prior to working designs, a lot of the role-playing games in particular, you will see a translation, usually by someone who's Japanese trying to translate into English. Uh, which makes sense because I believe Japanese people are taught to speak English in elementary school or in in, in school. And uh, but that being said, that doesn't mean they understand the you know, idiosyncrasies of English. They don't understand idioms. They don't understand a lot of our sayings that we have over here. You know, a lot of the, the our our memes. I guess you could say is the best way to put it. They, they don't have that inflection the same way we do. Just like they have jokes and stuff that we we don't get. We we don't get over here. So there's going to be differences in the culture. So localization is not a one-for-one translation. What working designs would do is they go into a, a game script and go, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, and this doesn't make sense. So let's replace this line of dialogue with this, and this with that, and this with that. And it... Uh, it changed the tone of a lot of the games because Working Designs was very well known for their humorous localization of games. They weren't serious translations. They were usually, uh, there was a lot of jokes. In fact, in Dragon Force doesn't get away with it. I remember one guy, uh, uh, one general, I remember one of the random types, one of the vagabond types will say, you know, you're more annoying than the fo- the phone company, you know, things like that. And you just go, that's kind of out of place. There's no phones here in this uh, medieval kingdom, you know, this medieval world, there's no phone. So it would, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make a whole lot of sense according to the the type of, the area that the game is in. Uh, Lunar 2 had a Bill Clinton joke in it. You know, uh, I, I just remember it plain as day and there was a lot of, of uh, I don't want to say backlash, but I remember that getting uh, some press online because it was released during a time when online was starting to become a thing. And, uh, you know, the world of Lunar... Probably didn't have William Jefferson Clinton as president of anything. So uh, for that to be there was out of place. And Working Designs did go a little too far with their humor in some of their offerings. I will 100% uh, uh, say that. Does it ruin the tone of some of their games? Maybe, if you're really looking at it uh, through that uh, exact lens, yes. But uh, you just couldn't go wrong with their selection what they would bring out over here they always brought out like the best of the best stuff we wouldn't get and uh, it was just so nice to to see some of the games that we would we would release that they would release i'm sorry unfortunately working designs is no longer with us uh they closed shop back in the early 2000s i believe from uh what i understand and and only the the head of working designs would know a gentleman by the name of um I can't remember his name, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I was going to say Bernie Stolar, but that's not him at all. That was he was the head of Sega when Working Designs left Sega? Uh, he, basically, they were working exclusively with Sony at that time because they were. They, so, Sega was not a thing anymore. For whatever reason, they didn't. They never released anything on Nintendo that I'm aware of. They were working with with Sony, and they were releasing things on PlayStation Two. And they released a couple of games, they re- I think they released a couple of games on PlayStation 2. And what Sony has a approval board for games to be released on their console. Uh, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo have final approval over what's released on their games, or what's released on their consoles, very much because of the adult games that were on the Atari 2600. Atari could not stop the companies making those adult games if they wanted to because they had no contracts. They had no lockout. They they had nothing there to prevent that adult content. Well, Sony had a very strict review board for this stuff. And uh, if there were, for instance, dating sims did not come out here from Japan, regardless of how good they were, if Sony didn't deem them... To be acceptable, and and there were I think the PlayStation One had a couple as Zero Dreams and uh, Thousand Arms were kind of dating sims, but they were secondarily dating sims. They were actually more uh, role playing games. So it was kind of interesting that they released them over here. But the the rumor is Working Designs had a list of games they wanted to release over here, and they took them to Sony and said, "Can we bring this? Can we bring this? Can we bring this?" And Sony told them no on every one of them. And in fact, I want to say Sakura Wars. Sakura Taisen was one of those games that Sony, or Working Designs wanted to release here, which is kind of funny because as the PlayStation 2 was closing down, Sakura Taisen, Sakura Wars actually came out. Someone else brought it out over here, or one of them. So I always found that to be kind of, huh, isn't that weird? But uh, there was, because it it was a dating sim slash tactical RPG and uh, Sony didn't want to bring it out over here, even though, even though the Sakura Wars had hit animes and movies, and you could buy the toys over here, and you could buy posters and books and all this stuff. You could buy all of it over here, except the games that they were based off of. And Sony didn't want any, didn't want anything to do with that. So it just blows my mind. And then we've still never seen the first couple of Sakura Wars games come out over here. Because they were on the Saturn initially, they were Saturn games. And again, I would Sony say not Sony Sega. If you're listening, please show the Sega Saturn fans some love, and and we need some sort of Saturn collection. You do every time you there's a new console out, you guys can't wait to show up with a Sega Sega Genesis collection. We want the Sega Saturn collection. There is a great. Uh, deep great library this is back when Sega was in their wheelhouse they had a lot of really good games they released on the on the Saturn we could really use some Saturn love over here so you know please you know the, do it do it uh don't do it where you're gonna like lower the value of my Saturn collection because my Saturn collection's worth quite a bit of money but uh, I don't want uh, I don't want the, the, the thing is there's too many good games on that console that have not been released here that we really need to see. We really need to see those come out here. Uh, a game... I, Saturn stuff is really overpriced right now. I was on eBay, and I was looking... The reason why I was looking is because there's a sequel. Dragon uh, Dragon War, uh, Force has a sequel, Dragon Force 2. And I own a copy of it, but it's only in Japan. It's Japanese only. And uh, if you ever tried to play an RPG in Japanese, when you only read one or two words of Japanese, like I did at the time, you'll find out that the game is pretty bloody boring. And it was for me. So I, for the most part, kind of shelved it. I played it a little bit, realized I couldn't get into it. I shelved it. I couldn't get into it. Well, modern technology is a great thing. And the internet has brought us a whole lot of cool stuff. And uh, one of them, that one of the things it's brought us is fan translations, and there's emulators with fan translations. Well, come to find out I that you can go on to eBay and find there are people who have made fully translated versions of Dragon Force 2 translated into English. So I totally uh, was there for that, and I bought a copy on eBay. But while I was there, I was checking out. I can't wait to play it for the record. But while I was there, I was looking at just Saturn stuff. Uh, overall, and just saying, Oh, what I wonder what this is worth. That's what this is worth. And Saturn stuff, guys, is so overpriced. It really is. I saw one guy had on there six games and a Saturn, and he was trying to get $20,000 for it. Now, he was asking for it. That's not, doesn't mean that's what he got. In fact, I would be shocked and amazed if he got anywhere near that. Uh, because I don't think it's worth that much, but it's Saturn stuff is so overpriced. It really is. And there's a lot of great games on the Saturn that are worth quite a bit of money. And the one we hear about most, of course, is Pandora Goon Saga. But any of the working designs games are worth a lot of money. Shining Wisdom, Albert Odyssey, Dragon Force, Iron Storm, Magic Knight, Ray Earth. Those games are all worth quite a bit of cash. Sega Ages, I think they also did. Uh, you can find one of those. That you can get a, get a lot of money for those. The uh, Saturn... RPGs, your Shining Force, uh, Shining in the Holy Ark; those are worth some money. It's this it's just if you're a role-playing game person, the Saturn had role-playing games for you, and uh, they're worth quite a bit of money. So if you have a Saturn, you might want to check out, see what you have. You you might be sitting on a gold mine of stuff. Uh, people are selling it for a lot of cash. I don't know if they're getting that kind of cash for it, but here in North America, Saturn probably has the deepest or the the most expensive library of games I've seen in a long time. And I just think it's only a matter of time before Sega realizes there's people out there hungry for these games. Let's, let's do something about it. And Dragon Force is just prime, prime, prime materi- uh, uh, beef there for that. We really need to see more uh, collections from Sega. I would love to see them do a Dreamcast collection as well. Uh, Dragon Force, I believe, was so popular, if I'm not mistaken... That uh, it actually garnered some Game of the Year nominations, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say uh, you know EGM loved the game, and uh, it it just it just did really well. It it really did, and and uh, it sold well here for a Saturn game, and it, it's it's. I, I just can't say enough things about it. It's the kind of game if you really get into it, you'll play it forever there are eight kingdoms eight stories you want to play it through every every character to see how it how the story looks through the eyes of that kingdom and it's it's just so well done it just really is I can't say enough wonderful things about Dragon force and I, I really wish I everyone could could uh, sit down and play it if you're a technical if you're a technical RTS guy or gal if you like the the uh, the old Warcrafts and Command and Conquer's and stuff like that—you probably will find Dragon Force to be a little simplistic for you. Like I said, it's a very. There's no resource gathering, nothing like that. You just set yourself out, and 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 as you uh, play through the game, you take over more territory. You get, get access to more castles. The longer you have a castle, the castle builds up. The more castle builds up, the more troop types it can hold. The more troops it can hold, the more troops it can hold. The more refills you can get of, of troops. It's just. Guys, you you, just, you really have to play it. It's just really well done uh, game, and I, I I just I just love it. So, uh, I I will let you know what I think of the sequel. I might, if I can, try to stream the sequel at some point. Uh, I do have an original Saturn over here, and I do have now a physical copy of the translated version of Dragon Force Two. If I can uh, get that on stream sometime, that might be fun. One of those days where we're kind of struggling for something to to play. Some of the doldrums of the summer can be difficult sometimes, and we'll see what we can we can come up with. So let's go ahead and call the podcast today. Don't forget, guys, kindrednations.com. Go there and order some hot sauce. Kindred's with a 3 instead of an E there at the end. Get some hot sauce. Use my code Enigma. You'll get 10% off of your order. Some great hot sauces there, uh, and they're not the store kind either. It's not like you go get some of the – if you go to the store, they have – my local grocery store over here has a whole – section of nothing of just hot sauces and those are mass-produced hot sauces that's not what you're going to get here these are these are not that kind of hot sauce they're very flavorful they're using fresh ingredients so go ahead and and give it a go okay would appreciate that does help me out this week Friday and Saturday, I plan on streaming War Hogwarts Legacy. We're getting a little closer towards the end of the game with our Dark Wizard. I think we are in the winter as of last night, which uh, there are four seasons, summer, uh, fall, winter, and then spring. So I guess spring will be the last one. I don't, I guess. We'll see. I haven't played, I haven't beaten it yet, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But drop me a follow on Twitch. Drop me a follow on Twitter. Twitter is where I am most active. At Evil Enigma. Just like uh, my Twitch. That is my uh, Twitch and Twitter account. I also have Instagram there. But I don't update Instagram nearly as much. Twitter is where I am most active. And uh, try to say positive things. Because we need more positivity out there in the world today. There's, If you want negativity, there's a thousand places you can go. Mostly called the news. And you can, uh, you can just be as negative as you want to be. And... and Feel like the world's crashing down on you. I don't like to 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 live like that. I like to look at the positives if I can. Uh, obviously, there's going to be dark times for everybody. I'm the same way. Every you know, couple weeks ago, I had a couple of dark days. I was kind of like, oh god, this sucks. But the truth is, is that uh, you can't. I don't want to live life like that. I don't. I try to be positive. I try to be uplifting. I try to offer everybody I can uh, good vibes. Good good vibes. I hate that. Saying that because so many people overuse it, but I try to basically make everybody feel like that uh, they're welcome and that uh, they're needed and they're wanted. And you are, you are. So give me a follow on Twitter and Twitch, and they, they, you can converse with me. I'm a pretty nice guy for the most part. I don't, uh, I don't look down my nose on folks. In fact, guys, I, I honestly do believe we all have differences, and I like to celebrate those differences. To be honest with you, you're gonna find someone, you're gonna find people who don't agree with you. Uh, Right now, social media is supposed to bring people together. And instead, we have tribalism taking place where you have certain groups of people who refuse to communicate or be around people they don't agree with. And there's a lot of different... It's just however you can divide people, we have people who are dividing people based on those things, race, religion, political background, sexual orientation, all those different things. And personally, I... Don't ever subscribe to any of that. Yes, I have my opinions, and I don't talk about them in in diverse of those divisive ways. I just I just don't uh, because personally I'm ver- I'm fairly open about how I feel about things as that I don't look down my nose at people because they're different than me. I don't. Uh, the only way you're ever going to grow, the only way you're going to get better, is by uh, being around people who are different with different views, points of view, have different opinions, that grew up differently, different parts of the world. You know, uh, Maybe you grew up on this side of the country and they grew up on that side of the country. Maybe you vote one way, they vote another way. There's nothing wrong with exposing yourself to differing opinions. You might learn something. I don't believe that 99% of anybody, of any group, actively hates people. I think that we all want just to get along in the mo- in, in the long run that we all want just to take a, you, you you live your best self, I'll live my best self and that'll be great. You know, that's, I think that's what most people want. It's when you get that, that those fringes on every, every group has a fringe and those fringes are the ones who are driving stakes and, and between people. And I, I, I just never subscribe to that. I never do. So, uh, I my point is I'm friendly on Twitter, so <laughs> feel free to talk to me on Twitter. I will do my best to uh, I try to reply and and like everyone who talks to me, I really do, and uh, you know hopefully I'll see you there on Twitch. I am there Friday nights and Saturday nights. I'll be more than happy to talk to you on Twitch and Twitter. I really or or Twitch I really need people to talk to there, and uh, you know I have some some regulars who come in that you know I do what I can to build them up. I do what I can. You know, I'm not a therapist, not at all, but I, I will definitely, you know, do what I can. One of my followers, uh, she just had a, an interview, a job interview, uh, yesterday on Saturday and really hoping she gets that job. I, I, I am. She thinks she, she did pretty well with it and I hope she did and just do what I can to build her up and say, Hey, you know what? It'd be great. You'll go full time. You'll have benefits. That's freaking fantastic. And I do that, For just about everybody I can. I I honestly truly do. And I want you, if you're listening to this podcast, even if you're not listening to this podcast, as long as you are not actively out to harm somebody else, really harm them, I hope you're living your best life. I really do. I hope you're happy. I hope you are safe. And I hope everything's going well for you. So we're going to call the podcast to a close today. Next week, uh, my uh, schedule will be the same Friday and Saturday. I will tape a podcast. I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. Lately, I've been playing just this by the seat of my pants kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll come up with something. Then don't forget, the next game I want to play after Hogwarts for certain is going to be the Resident Evil 4 remake. I really, really want to play that because I am not the biggest Resident Evil 4 fan. I never have been. So, But I'm excited to play the remake because I like the remakes, and we'll see how that goes. So I will talk to everybody here on Twitter. Hope to talk to you there. Give me a follow. Tell your friends that I'm here. That would be great. Uh, and uh, any updates I have on the stream, because there are going to be some changes coming here pretty soon, and I hope you will uh, be there with me for the journey as I continue trying to uh, make things better and make things more entertaining and become better at what I do. And and uh, I, I thank those who have been with me on this journey so far, and we're going to continue moving forward and seeing what comes up next, okay? So I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And take care of yourselves.